Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your hosts, David Caius and Andy Groneman, as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to Barbecue Radio Network. I'm your host, Dave Caius, award-winning host. Am I award-winning? Anybody? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you were part you won of the awards. team that won the prestigious award. I, we were part of, of the excellence. team. And, award of excellence. And no offense to you it guys. It is award season. And no offense to you guys, since nobody introduces me, but I do have an Emmy. You a, do. For a Royals television commercial. Regional Emmy. I have an Emmy for a Royals television commercial. Oh, well, by all means, bring it in. <laughs> well, I have an Onego watch. No, you've won a bunch of stuff. In fact, I'm about to brag on you. That voice you hear is my co-host. That is Andy Groneman, world champion at pork at the American Royal Invitational. And then, of course, our award-winning executive producer, T-Bone. Yes, T-Bone, you got the award. By the way, where is... In television production. <laughs> well, no, you got an award for producing All this show. All right, okay, yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, don't overhumble Oh, in yourself. fact, when they gave the award, remember, they, they called my name, not oh, the name right. of the show. I was livid. Instead of Barbecue Radio Network, the award goes to T-Bone. Why, what? hot? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Well, we're going to have on the show Chris Schaefer. He is owner and pitmaster of Heavy Smoke Barbecue in St. Peter's, Missouri, which I believe is near St. Louis. Everybody, correct? Cool. Naughty. And he's a grand champion at the 2022, just recently, Jack Daniel. He's also two-time world champion, and both those two-time world championships have happened in the last year. So he's been a very productive man. Yes. And we're excited to have him I on the show. I guess he's found his groove. He's found his groove, and you can check out his website. And if you're ever in the St. Louis area, go check out his restaurant. It's heavysmokebbq.com, heavysmokebbq.com. And again, we're going to have Chris Schaefer on the show, and looking forward to that. Andy is going to be talking about, well, pork butts, but I had this idea that you know we're airing the weekend before Halloween, and Halloween has almost become more of an adult holiday than the kids' holiday. I mean, the kids still trick or treat, but the adults well, absolutely I, true. Adults, we all sit at the end of the driveway and pass out adult beverages, <laughs> that's right. and usually some kind of sustenance for the people dragging seven kids behind them in a cart. There's there's a lot of partying going on. I'm going to dress up as a sexy rib, just so you know. Uh, this year, we used to. I mean, when when my girls were little, we used to put them on hay bales on a trailer behind the truck and drag them to all the houses and do. <laughs> all, I mean, funny. it's a lot of work. Um, and now that they're older, we get to watch these other parents do that work. Well, and there were always parents along the way that were like, here's the adult trick or treat. And you <laughs> you love to get to those houses. So, yeah, we'll talk a little about well, that. Well, wait till you see my adult rib co- costume. Well, oh, I'm frightened. I well, pour, see, now now you're just saying adult rib costume. I, I pour, you said sexy rib costume. I'm, I'm envisioning I, I a rib. I don't even want to know. Fishnet nylon. Let's or just something. say there's a lot of barbecue sauce required to cover and all a, of it. An adult oh. rib costume? Oh. Does that mean he's like Adam and Eve and the rib? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't oh, want to think gosh. about it. I love sending you two on a tangent. That's the most <laughs> enjoyable thing in the world. So, uh, on a kind of a somewhat serious, but, but definitely a celebration type thing, uh, Hayward Spears, 
which a lot of people will know from around the country, passed away. He has Hayward's Pit Barbecue that he started in 1972, and he just passed away at 88. So it's really a celebration of life. And, you know, when I was a kid, he had a little little place that sat about four tables at the most, and it was mostly to go, and you'd go in there, and mom would go in there and get a slab of ribs and bring them home, and then she would heat them up. She had a little pan. She put some water in there, put the ribs on there, put it in the oven, heat it up, have some barbecue sauce, and that was heaven. And that started my barbecue addiction. Really? <laughs> yes. So Hayward Spears, God bless him, began my barbecue addiction. And we've we've talked about this before, but I don't know if we've talked this with you, Andy. No. What was what was your first introduction to barbecue? As a, I assume, as a kid. So, oh man, you're now you're you're forcing my head way back. Okay. Um, probably when when I used to go to work, you know, my dad would have like go to bring your child to work day or okay. whatever, right? And so we would go down to the courthouse in KCK. And I remember going to lunch at the Gates there Oh, off of uh, 10th Street. Uh, yeah. And we would order a slab of ribs, no sauce, and, and the <laughs> fries and stuff. And, you know, you walk in and they yell at you, hi, may I help you? Give it to me dry. And and he would, like, order like a boss. He yeah. had an order down that we were going to have. And that was probably my first experience with commercial barbecue. But we'd done a lot of cooking, like, at, a, at events and oh. around the house and all of that. Like I always remember um, my first cooker was a hasty bake. I know we've talked about this before <laughs> and it was, I learned to cook on that thing because my parents got it as a wedding gift. Wow. So it was 30 years old, you know, when I was finally like not cooking on it anymore. Um, amazing cooker to cook on but i i started cooking and then started to enjoy barbecue because of that but i guarantee my first uh barbecue out would have been gates dry slab for you know sure you know t-bun he really didn't get into it till he was cooking it himself <laughs> yeah <laughs> humble brag when he knew it was actually, be do- being done right actually oh. there was no humble about it but <laughs> hey you've got a lot of words to prove for it uh t-bone i'm out of time to ask you unless you got a, a 15 second response on your first first bite into barbecue dude i'm from portland oregon there ain't no barbecue i was trying to be nice <laughs> i was, I was, was trying to be nice it was dad in the backyard with the little chief smoker i believe the grilled term- crabs he got crabs on yeah. <laughs> actually, actually two, in season. Prawns. Two, two words mick rib and uh <laughs> prawns spot prawns <laughs> so anyway time now for our uh, ask andy segment which is brought to you by our barbecue sauce of the month which is smoke on wheels pork marinade and injection that you can get at all things barbecue. That's atbbq.com. T-Bone, what do you got for our question today? Uh, from Maria Casey in Nevada. Uh, and probably a lot yes, warmer sir. than we are. Mm-hmm. Andy, I want to start playing around with injections. What's the best way to get started with that? And I'm going to interpret that. Probably she's looking for not Botox, the the meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's probably talking about about cooking, uh, and probably wants to know the best piece of meat and all of that. What about what smoke on wheels, pork marinade, and injection? I well, we can talk that. about that. Yeah, we can throw that in there. No, seriously, uh, meats that you would want to inject. Typically, if you're injecting, you're doing that for one of a couple of reasons. You want to add moisture. 
or you want to add flavor or both. Mm. And then sometimes you want to actually create tenderness. Um, and so injecting gives you the capability to do all those things. So usually if you're injecting something, it is a leaner cut of meat that is not fatty that needs that moisture content. Or if it's a really large cut of meat that you want to get flavor all the way through. So something like a pork butt, hmm, we're going to talk about those we're going later, to talk about those later. Um, is a great uh, piece of meat to inject because it's a large roast. You're going to get that nice seasoning and bark on the outside, but to get flavor all the way into it, you want to inject it to get that flavor in there. I would also say something like a pork tenderloin or a chicken breast that's very lean. If you tend to overcook it like a lot of people do, injecting it is going to give you more moisture so that you have a bigger window of time to get that doneness right and not have a dry product. Well, I mean, I would think... um your main emphasis on doing the injection would be both the mo- the moisture content and the flavor. I mean, isn't that most of the time what you're going yeah, for? Yeah, most of the time. you're gonna If you're doing one, you're going to do the other. Right. Um, but absolutely inject. And my kind of go-to baseline is an ounce per pound of product. Okay. Good one. So uh, if you've got an eight-pound roast, you're going to put a cup of injection in it. And I assume you can get the big needle thing at All Things Barbecue? Oh, yes. <laughs> you can get all kinds of injectors, whether you want a syringe style or a spitcock, spitjack style, at All Things. Get them at atbbq.com. Well, thanks so much for that. Coming up next segment, we're going to have Chris Schaefer. He's owner and pitmaster of Heavy Smoke Barbecue in St. Peter's, Missouri. Two-time world champion, including just recently at the grand champion at the 2022 Jack Daniels. We've been talking about the Jack Daniels a lot lately. And you can check out his website, which is HeavySmokeBBQ.com. Up next on Barbecue Radio Network. You love food, and when you love food, you love finding new flavors to explore, new techniques to try, and seeing the look of your friends' and family's faces when they bite into it. Old Hickory Pit Smokers is the secret ingredient to making restaurant-quality barbecue right in your own backyard. Old Hickory Pit Smokers are made in the USA. Visit us at oldhickorypits.com or call us toll-free, 800-223-9667. Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network. Dave Caius, along with pitmaster of Smoke on Wheels, Andy Groneman. And we've got our guest this week, Chris Schaefer, owner and pitmaster of Heavy Smoke Barbecue in St. Peter's, Missouri, close to St. Louis. I mentioned last time that he's a two-time world champion. Dave was wrong. He's a three-time world champion because he just picked up the grand champion at 2020 Jack Daniels. And you can check out his website, which is heavysmokebbq.com. He's got some great rubs you want to check out. Chris Schaefer, welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. What time did you get up this morning? Uh, 3.30. And everybody wants to own a barbecue restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a great story about that. I had a little old lady, maybe 85 years old, came in, and I was like, yeah, all my friends say, you know, I'm living the dream cooking barbecue. I said, but my, I didn't know my dream, you know, included 15-hour work days. This little old lady says, you know, nightmares are dreams too, honey. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what time do you try to go to bed at night? Uh, you know, when I'm not doing podcasts until 10 p.m., you know, I try to get, in, you know, in bed maybe 839 o'clock. 839, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I've done morning radio over the years and I just, I'm just, my, my brain won't shut off. Well, know? and I've had this conversation with tons of 
of restaurant owners or people wanting to start a barbecue restaurant and it's like you you are now married to that sucker, man. It's like <laughs> you're going to be up at 3.30 and you're going to be the last one out. Dude, yeah. it's bad bad news if you want sleep. <laughs> well, and it's one of those things, owning a restaurant, you're, you're so committed. You can have a great staff, but if one person calls in, it's you. Like you right. are the one picking up the load. Yeah. 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 So so let's just start with this. Well, first of all, let's start with uh, you just won the grand champion at 2020 Jack Daniels. Congratulations on that. Uh, tell us about that and what, what you submitted and what went well and give us some some background on that. Yeah. So, um, first of all, the Jack is, in my opinion, probably the, the, the biggest, you know, the biggest pinnacle of a world championship that's out there. And I, you know, dreamed to go. I cooked it in 2019 and was able to go back again this year with uh, qualifying with getting seven wins. And, you know, I kind of figured I would just go in and, and do exactly what I did to qualify and run my program and, and do it like I always do, you know, and, uh, we turned in uh, sauce, which doesn't count for the grand championship, but uh, we turned in chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket. Um, and they, you know, you get scores for each of those. They combine them to uh, to determine the, the grand champion. And we got uh, 10th in chicken and 3rd in ribs, 19th in pork, and 8th in brisket out of uh, 85 teams. Wow. Now, on your chicken, I know they require you to turn in – White meat and dark meat. What was your trick on that? Because I know everybody has a different take on how they actually handle that that uh, extra turn in for the chicken. Yeah, so I did thighs, um, just like I always do, and then I did wings. Um, I was able to work out a process where I could do thighs and wings at the same time. Uh, when I wrapped the wings, I had to put them on the pork drum because there's not enough room on the chicken drum. And then I just, uh, where I, you know, you kind of put six pieces down the middle for a uh, normal turn in. I put those thighs like all the way up against the side of the box and kind of um, alternated, you know, different directions with the wings down the middle. So turning six thighs and six wings. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, you mentioned you were cooking on drums. The drums have been crushing it lately like that. I mean, it's a thing. The drum flavor profile has been uh, winning all over the place. It won the American Royal. It won the Jack. I mean, how, how are you cooking on the drum? Barbecue Radio Network with Dave Caius and Andy Groneman will be right back. Hey, Bar and Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. You know, it's all it's all hot and fast. Um, you know, I started, I cooked on drums because I was poor and I could make my own drums. <laughs> and, um, and when I, you know, maybe 2015, I, I took uh, Brad Leiniger and Tim Shears class to learn how to cook hot and fast on them and, and really just never looked back. And I, uh, I had homemade drums that I made in 2015 with my, my brother. And then uh, later that year, he had passed away. And so I was pretty determined to cook on those drums as long as I could. And it, this year, it got to where they were, you know, they were kind of impeding my ability to win, I thought. So um, on the way to a competition in September, I swung by Gateway Drum Smokers and picked up four brand new drums and took them to the competition. Wow. Nice. You should have seen my neighbor's faces when I was cutting open brand new drums in the porch of my career. <laughs> well, I was, I was actually breaking in a cooker at the Royal myself, so... <laughs> We were Thursday night. We were burning in the new uh, trailer, so I, I feel you on that. Was that before or after the hot dog party? 
<laughs> that was after. I talked to your wife at the hot dog party for a while. Yeah. We'd all rather talk to Andy's wife, too, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. She's the exciting one, right? <laughs> yeah, she's the exciting one. So let's talk about the thighs for just a second. Um, kind of walk us through a little bit of the process of, of what you do to make the thighs so good. You know, it's dumb what we do to barbecue. Um, Andy could you know, echo that. It's it's one of those things that's like, you know, you take this piece of meat that everyone's used to cooking in their backyard and you do 8,000 things to it and make it unrecognizable. But, um, you know, I, I take a thigh and you, you trim it down to a very uniform shape, um, take the skin off and, and, you know, I scrape part of the skin to uh, kind of make it, you know, shape back to the thigh the way I want. And we brine them, we inject them, we wrap them, we, we do all these crazy things to them. Um, and when, you know, when they come out, they're just like little pillows of, uh, perfect chicken thigh. And, and like I said, they don't look anything like how the chicken thigh started, but, uh, we put a lot of love in those things. Yeah. And you, when you put the wings in the box, did you do flats? Yes. Okay. That's what I, that's what I'd have done too. The, the flats are always better in my opinion, but that's, so you got 10th and chicken and when you start getting those calls at the Jack and you hear your name more than once, you know, you're in the hunt, which is, it's always fun to try and do the math when you're sitting there. I, I, we always were doing that. Um, and you know, I, I, when you were getting through the brisket category, what was your, where were you at? What was your thoughts? Well, you know, you've been there before and in a big comp, anything can happen. And, um, you get the chicken call and you're kind of like, man, I'm just happy to get a call. I heard my name at the Jack and I'm happy. And then you get, you know, I get the rib call and it's a good rib call. It's third. And it's like, oh crap, I got two calls. Like that's cool. <laughs> and, and you don't really think you're in it. You know, I mean, you don't expect to win comps like that. You want to, and you, and you know, you're good enough to do it, but you don't expect it. And we didn't get a pork call. And I thought my pork was the best category of the day. Um, so that almost made me feel better not getting a call in that category. because I thought it was the best thing I turned in. And then you get the eighth place brisket and, when I got that, I was the only person with three calls at that point, but there was a lot of teams with two calls. And so you just sit there scared to death that you don't hear one of those teams, you know, <laughs> seven through one in brisket. And uh, they got down to, I think, fourth place. And they're like, oh, it's a name we haven't called yet. And they call local yokels. And then they say, oh, third place is a name we haven't ha- said yet. And every time they said a name we haven't said yet, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and right. They, because you, you know that that's helping you out. And when you know that pork was a good turn in, and we all know, I mean, we can lie to ourselves and say the food was, all of it was great. But you know, when you put a good box in. So if you were happy with the pork and you didn't get called, you're calling 11th right out of the back of your mind. You're like, all right, I'm 11th in pork. That's fine. Yep. <laughs> And that's the stuff that you assume, but you know, my buddy Joe with slaps two weeks ago at the Royal, he had three calls on day two with 550 teams there. And he finished third because he caught a tough rib table. Yeah. So in the back of your mind, you're thinking, man, like maybe pork was 70th and maybe I didn't even finish top 10. So like that is creeping in the back of your mind. Well, I got to tell you uh, for Halloween, I'm dressing up as a sexy rib. I just want you to know that by the way. It's cool. I've never seen a sexy rib. <laughs> I haven't either. And nobody wants to. Trust me. Hey, we're talking <laughs> with Chris Schaefer. He is the owner and pitmaster of Heavy Smoke Barbecue. He's in St. Peter's, Missouri. You got to, anytime you're near St. Louis, go by and check out his restaurant. He's a three-time world champion, including just recently, as we're talking about, being the grand champion at the 2020 Jack Daniels. Check out his website, which is heavysmokebbq.com. That's heavysmokebbq.com. We'll be back more with Chris Schaefer coming up next, talking more barbecue right here on Barbecue Radio Network.
Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network. I'm Dave Caius, along with our producer, T-Bone, and my co-host, award-winning pitmaster, Annie Groneman. This week, our guest is Chris Schaefer, owner and pitmaster of Heavy Smoke Barbecue in St. Peter's, Missouri, near St. Louis. He is a three-time world champion, including the grand champion at the... 2022 Jack Daniels. Wow. We're finally back into this century. <laughs> Chris, I apologize as you, everybody has corrected me in the last segment. I was saying 2020. I, I wrote it down right. I can't read it. And check out Chris Schaefer's website, which is heavysmokebbq.com. Uh, I, I'm, I, I was I was just assuming that the 2020 winner Travis Clark didn't want to come on and you were just <laughs> <laughs> I have actually T Bone got me a Travis Clark T shirt, so I'm not going to talk trash on it. But you are <laughs> welcome to. I know how you guys are. So one thing we didn't we didn't talk about last segment, but you also teach classes. Now you got one coming up, but it's about sold out. Good for you. Um, t- tell us a little bit about walk us through a little bit what the class is going to hear and 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 a little cooking techniques that you teach in the class, if you would please, Chris. Yeah, for sure. So I started doing classes a few years ago um, after I'd won my first world championship. And I just, I, I'm really just uh, a steward of the, of the hobby. I want, I want people to get better. And I, I love teaching people to, to do well. And they, as much as it's fun to win competitions, there's not a lot of feelings better than a guy who hasn't won a comp in eight years taking your class and calling you two months later saying he's got his first GC. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a really cool feeling to be a teacher. And in that class, I, I truly do a tell-all. Um, you know, it's a, it's a two-day class. They come in on Friday. They'll see me trim, inject, season, do everything I do before a comp. And we start at 5 in the morning the next day from lighting the pits all the way to turn-ins. And then, you know, we get done with turn-ins and I'll sit there for an hour and talk and answer questions and, and, and do everything I can to make sure that these guys are, are ready to go out and hopefully up their game. Yeah, because there's so much involved in hitting the right timeline, managing the your fire and your times on your pit to make sure you get it right. All of the details when you're building the boxes and the you were saying it earlier, but you, you've got to cook well and be lucky. And some of that luck is in the detail finish work that goes into making that box perfect. And you know, to so to get the you know, for somebody that is starting competitions to be able to get that tell-all view, uh, it really do- even if they only pick up a couple things because there's so much information that gets thrown at them. I'm sure in the class, it just gives them the ability to then hone in closer to that target and figure out you know some of the things that it's like, oh, I never thought of that. Uh, yep. And it is, it's great to do that in a class and to have have your your students call you after you know, a month later and they go, Hey, we got that chicken call. We haven't gotten, or we won a contest. It's amazing. It is. And, and I talk a lot about in my class, you know, things that you wouldn't even think about, but like, I, I kind of hammer home how important mindset is. And like, you know, like your, your train of thought when you're competing and, and, you know, like I'm sure you've been there, or you know, somebody that has, when you're winning every weekend, you go into every competition, like I can't lose. And when you get yourself into that mindset, it seems like everything is easier. And, you know, you cook bad barbecue and you fix it on the cutting board. And, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're going in defeated, like, yeah, Hey, I can't win this comp. It's like, it's hard to, it's hard to really pull it off. So well, and, I, mean, I and, think it deep dive into mindset and everything. And that's the exact thing. And you know, when you're doing it week in and week out, what needs to be in the box from a flavor and texture perspective. And like you said, if you pick up that piece of meat and go, that ain't it. You can fix it on the cutting board. And yep. it's giving those people that are sitting in the classroom the ability to 
get the insight into what some of those things are. Because you're exactly right. Once you're winning and you're cooking, you just keep cooking because once you're on that roll, you've got to just ride it because you're in your zone. And, you know, there's and, you know, you talk about teams that have their hot and cools like, you know, the goat, man. You talk about Smokey D's. He'll have a, a, a chunk of time where he just can't lose and they'll do OK for a while. And then he'll have a chunk of time where he can't lose. Uh, and you're just out cooking. And and those things are amazing. And that when we were when we were really winning, we just kept cooking. It's like as soon as we started to win, boom, we're out cooking. So yeah, yep. that's a hundred percent the mindset. So to be able to get kind of some of that knowledge and insight for folks in a class is great. But you've got well, some products out as well too, right? Like you're you're also using your own stuff in the comps. So talk a little bit yeah. about what you got out. Well, when I, when I started my food truck in uh, 2017, um, we were like, you know, buying commercial rubs and things to put on barbecue. I, I told my partner, like, this is like eating us alive on cost. And so, you know, we sat down and developed uh, somewhat of an all-purpose rub um, that we call our white label. And then we d- d- developed uh, more of a brisket rub that we call black label. And that just kind of came from like uh, black label beef, just kind of, you know, it kind of rolled off the tongue to me. And uh, I had a buddy of mine one time. He's like, what do you call the other one? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, what's it go on? I was like, chicken, ribs, pork, <laughs> fish, turkey. He goes, all the white meats. And I was like, yeah. He's like, so white label? And I was like, uh, yeah, that makes sense. But, um, you know, I mean, we got guys all over the country, you know, using the heck out of it and getting calls every week. So um, I would, I, if you haven't tried it, I would definitely try it. And yeah. the white label actually took second in the American Royal um, Best Rub on the Planet contest. Very yeah. nice. And you can get that at heavysmokebbq.com. That's heavysmokebbq.com. We're, we're going to have to cut you loose a little bit because I know you've got another broadcast to do. But real quick, you, you're going to have a sauce coming out pretty soon too, right? Yeah, I've actually got five sauces that we use in the restaurant and some that I've played with in competitions. And uh, we got the first one in um test batch and then we're going to roll the rest of them out so i'm, I'm kind of hoping here you know mid next year that we'll have them out cool well let us know we've been talking with chris schaefer he's the owner and pit master of heavy smoke barbecue in st peter's missouri check him out anytime you're near st louis three-time world champion including the 2022 jack daniels just yes. recently won it and you can check him out and again you can get those rubs at heavy chris thanks for your time buddy and congratulations on your recent success Thanks, guys. I appreciate having me on. Thanks, yeah, have Chris. a good one, man. Thanks, Chris. All right, see you guys. So, uh, Andy, one thing he talked about, which I I was watching um, Barbecue USA, which is on the Food Network, oh, yeah. which is a great show, and I can't remember which competition it was. Gosh, was it? I Anyway, I think it might have been Memphis in May, and somebody won with the hot and fast thing because there's been the everything's been low and slow, low and slow. And Chris just mentioned hot and fast, but that's kind of becoming more of a deal now, right? It really is. And yeah, there was, it was, uh, I think it was actually Brad, wasn't it? Leininger? Yeah, and you're right. So, uh, you know, the and hot and fast has been around for ages. We were cooking on, on trash cans in the late 90s, early 2000s. Our friend Mark Greco and you, Snail Slow Smoking really started that kind of stuff way back in the day. And, you know, it's it's iterated over time and how you build the can and what you want to do temperature wise. Um, and it's it's a it, it definitely is a different flavor uh, than what you get out of a slow smoke cook. You get more of that grilled charcoal flavor on the meat. And so, you know, there's this pendulum 
over time. And sometimes the judges really like that slow smoked uh, kind of hickory forward or pecan forward flavor um, and more of a what I'd call a Texas style cook. And then sometimes they swing towards this grilled style and it goes back and forth over the years. Somebody will come out with some flavor that is is uh, very oh specific, interesting, different. Right. And however they pair that flavor with the smoke, the judges will you'll, you'll see the scores around that style of flavor go up. And then as more people start to cook that way, because somebody does well, all of a sudden it just shows up everywhere. And so that's what's happening right now. We're seeing all of those drum cookers out there in the comps. Well, with the low and slow, is it a little more tender because it is low and slow? You have you can still get the tenderness, but you risk overcooking it so fast because you're cooking at a higher temperature. So you've got a bigger window of doneness at the lower temperature. <laughs> right, right. Which is what I do. Because <laughs> I don't like, you know, meat's gotten so expensive, I don't want to burn it. So I am, I'm real careful when I do it. Well, it, was, it was great having Chris on the show. We do appreciate it. You can check him out at heavysmokebbq.com. We're going to be talking to you, Andy, right over here about pork butts. Because we've got Halloween parties coming up next weekend. Yes. Of course, every weekend is football. Football, football. And what we're going to talk about is perfect for tailgating or parties from home if you're having the friends over. So we're talking to Andy about pork butts next segment right here on Barbecue Radio Network. Check out Barbecue Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like. Welcome back to Andy and Dave here on the award-winning Barbecue Radio Network. And a barbecue shout-out goes to one of our sponsors, Old Hickory Pits Smokers. Check them out at oldhickorypits.com. Old Hickory Pits has wood-burning barbecue pits, both commercial and now residential. Something for the fall. Get them at oldhickorypits.com. And please support your barbecue joints like... If you're ever in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, which I have yes. been to, uh, Rebel Barbecue. I love the name. Rebel Barbecue, located at 25 Acoma Boulevard N. And here's the thing. Of course, they got lunch and dinner barbecue, but they also serve breakfast. So you can just park Ooh. your little butt in a seat and never leave and have breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. I am thinking uh, of friend- some great options for omelets. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the breakfast menu looked outstanding, and I love breakfast. A, a friend of mine had a great breakfast restaurant. He had Big Mr. Barbecue out in, in Long Beach, L.A., right? His, his breakfast uh, restaurant was called Morning Wood. <laughs> and it was a barbie obviously it was That's a barbecue beautiful. thing it was it's 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 so perfect it's, and i you know when they said they serve breakfast it just brought back mista's restaurant so neil strotter he's a f- amazing guy well, check out the website. It's rebelbarbecue.com, and that's not the BBQ kind. They actually spell it out, rebelbarbecue.com. Speaking of Havasu City, Arizona, you can hear, listen to us on KNTR Talk, 980 AM, and uh, their website is knTRtalk.com. Uh, did I say that right? knTRtalk.com. Yes, I did. 
<laughs> I'm still thrown off by saying we 2020 We don't know if you're day. saying it right or not. It, it's like 2017 in your mind, Dave. We know <laughs> I, it is. I'm going to take a guess, and since you are lo- you were looking at your notes, I'm guessing no. Probably not right. <laughs> Probably inaccurate. By the way, I have not told this story in a long time of the time that I was doing a comedy little tour with uh, my good buddy Elliot Threed. And we got booked at a very nice resort in Lake Havasu. Beautiful area, by the way. You, you've been there. Yes. Uh, and we got booked. But what happened was they didn't realize that it was after tourist season and they quit doing comedy shows. So we show up and they go, oh, we're not doing shows anymore. And we didn't know what to do. And they're like, don't worry about it. We'll feed you. We'll give you a nice room. We'll feed you again. I mean, they, they were I should have wrote down the name. Did you have to do the show to an empty room? Well, yeah, but that's normal. So it didn't really <laughs> They didn't notice. I didn't notice. <laughs> well, usually they leave. I mean, the room started empty. <laughs> what's weird, what's weird, when I got done, then it filled up. So, by the way, if you'd like to host Barbecue Radio Network, we could certainly use a new co-host. Just Speak, write me. <laughs> speaking of my co-host, now i got to talk nice about him. Andy Groderman, the Chef's Choice Champion at the Jack Daniels. Speaking of Jack Daniels. Speaking of. World Invitational. He won that in 1948, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. 48 would have been... Mm. In fact, that's the last time he won an award was At 1948. Least 26 years before I was born. 68, whatever. Anyway, it's time now for All Things Barbecue Spotlight. All Things Barbecue has the tools and accessories you need to cook up the kind of barbecue that will have your neighbors hop in the fence to get a taste. Check out their website and get all fired up at atbbq.com. That's atbbq.com. Andy, what do you have for our product spotlight? So... Thanksgiving is on the horizon. Yeah. Like we can see it over there in November now. And it'll we be can, here before you know yeah, it. It'll be here before we know it. So, uh, All Things has been putting out these turkey kits. Um, and so you can get all of the ingredients that you need to get the flavor profile you want oh, in your nice. bird. And then to, to kind of take that turkey kit and wrap some goodness around it, you know, Tom Jackson, Chef Tom, mm-hmm. does videos with these turkey kits in them and so those have been starting to release and i believe the kind of third set of the new flavors will be out this week and of course the ultimate holiday giveaway started in october so the first one of those will be happening here as we roll into uh, halloween so you want to go check out the turkey kits at all things barbecue go click on the sauce and and go to youtube and watch the videos and you'll get some great flavor profiles for your bird that may be slightly different or new than what you're used to. And you'll get a great tutorial on how to use them. So you just go to atbbq.com forward slash turkey dash kits. And I'm thinking for the person who's kind of a novice at doing turkeys, and turkeys is one of those intimidating type things to do. But also, if you've been doing it for a long time and you think, you know, I, I, I would, I'm doing a good turkey, but I would like for it to be a little better. That sounds like a perfect kit for that. Yeah, and, you know, whether you want to put it in the smoker, whether you're mm-hmm. trying to do it in the oven or do a hot and fast, you know, cook on right. it, which you can you can do that with a turkey, too. So um, it's going to give you some great insight into how to nail it and make the holiday even better. Perfect. You can get that at All Things Barbecue. Check them out, atbbq.com, that and everything else you need for your barbecue supplies. So, Andy, next weekend... We've got, it's the Saturday before Halloween, yes, which becomes a big adult 
party now. It used to be when I was growing up, because I'm older than you. Yes, I was at the 1948 Jack Daniels. <laughs> uh, but when growing up, it was just the kids. I mean, we had the, the, the parents might get together and have a couple of drinks, but it wasn't any big. Now, Saturday night before Halloween, it's a big deal. People are going out or people having parties in. Of course, it's still football season, so you're having people over for football. And we're. Th- I was thinking about pork butts and what you can do, first of all, to, to make it, but then how to entertain with other people with it. Yeah, because, you know, I, I don't normally think of myself as old like you, Dave, but, <laughs> you know, I have to say, when we were out when we were out, when there, we were out trick-or-treating back in the kid days... Me and my brother uh, shared one costume and you liked it. <laughs> we did. We, we Our parents didn't take us out. We just... You know, they, they oh, sh- no. shooed you out the door into the neighborhood. No and said, flashlight or nothing. Yeah, no. it, it was just like, go forth and come home with your candy and pray there's not a razor blade in it yeah. or something, right? Like, and But now, and, and what we did with our kids is we would, you know, take them around and they would walk door to door, but right. you're picking them up at the end of the block right. and moving them block to block or whatever. And I always loved the houses where somebody had a nice little beverage and maybe some sustenance, you know, whether it was a s'mores rack or something. But what I like to do is make a taco. Okay. And so you were talking about pork butts and, you know, you can hand the parent a little boat, you know, one of those little (laughs) hot dog boats. And they will love you. They will love you. You give them a warm tortilla Mm. with carnitas in it and a little bit of salsa and cheese on the top. And then you hand them a nice little Mexican hot chocolate or a margarita. And a parent's set. It just depends on how cold it is. If it's like tonight, I'm probably handing them hot chocolate. If it's a nice temperate night, I'm going to hand them a margarita. So you can let your grass grow long and do whatever you want, and they're not going to complain. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So so for the carnitas, though, we'd start with a whole pork butt. Okay. And instead of doing a low and slow cook, we actually take that pork butt and cut it into, you know, basically one inch by six inch pieces. Okay. We slice it into almost little steaks essentially and then the meat that's around the bone we just pull that off mm-hmm. and do the same thing just slice that and then it is super simple salt pepper a little cumin lime juice okay give it a good coating of that and then i throw it in the oven with foil on it uh, in a pan for about oh 45 minutes to an hour at 375 and you can do this in the oven or the cooker because it's still foiled over, right? Right. So you can pre kind of pregame in the house if it's super cold outside. And then once I get through that first hour, I peel the uh, foil off mm-hmm. and all the liquid that's formed in there, I now want to cook away. Okay. And as it cooks away, the fat from that pork butt is rendering. And what you're left with, you know, 45 minutes later is all the fat. And now that pork butt is starting to cook and almost, you know, fry in that fat mm-hmm. in the cooker. So I open it up. It gets some smoke in the smoker while you're cooking at that 325, 350. And you just get a really nice uh, exterior of those pieces. They've gotten tender in that first hour, hour and a half while they're in there, kind of in the steam. As all of that liquid boils off, you're left with that kind of rich, fatty uh, <laughs> goo in the bottom of the pan that they're frying in. And you let those cook until that meat is just fall apart tender. So like another hour. So you're two and a half to three hours of cook time. And you get this fall apart tender pork 
that has this crust on the outside from frying in oh, all that nice. pork fat. And you just break that apart, put it with some caramelized onions that you can throw in the cooker in another pan right next to your pork butt that's mm-hmm. cooking. And then load those in tortillas with some manchego cheese or some cotilla cheese and a little bit of a tomatilla-based salsa. It's perfect. That sounds delicious. And and your neighbors will love you. It's also great for, for um, any kind of football gathering. So very good. Very good. Appreciate all that. And, of course, we want to again thank Chris Schaefer for being on the show. And uh, we'll have more guests, more fun next week as we're talking barbecue with Annie Groneman and T-Bone and myself. Thank you for listening to Barbecue Radio Network and happy barbecuing. Every Barbecue Radio Network show is archived and available through your favorite podcast platform each and every Thursday. Thursday.